0: Hi again, everybody. It's Jungle Jim Jerome coming at you with another episode of Inside Curling. We're giving you a lot of episodes lately. Two special ones last week from Toontown, where Kevin was on the ground, as they say. And uh, it was great. Kev, you said it was one of the best events. It was packed all week long.
1: Oh, yeah. Saskatoon, curling country. It's always great.
0: Yep. Good deal. Joining us, as always, you just heard from Kevin Martin, our World Curling Hall of Famer, and Warren Hansen. Another World Curling Hall of Famer. And we've got a future World Curling Hall of Famer coming up, for sure. Okay. I want to recognize all our sponsors. Thanks a lot to Jackpot City, who brings you what is happening around the curling world. Coyote Tractor, the sponsor of Hot Rock Topics. They're hot. Goldline, who brings you in the house. In Hearing Life, who sponsors, what are you hearing? Here's what's on the show today. We've got a guest. A huge guest. Not just Any guest. What's happening around the curling world? Just talked about it, the Grand Slam event in Saskatoon. We're going to talk about that, the World Financial Group Masters. The World Junior B Championship, we were watching with bated breath. Uh, Team Canada is over there. uh, you got to try and do well in this one to qualify for the World Junior A Division. Hot Rock Topics. We're going to discuss a couple more emails that we have today. And What Are You Hearing is brought to you by Hearing Life. Uh, We're hearing there's a little bit of stir at the Masters when Anna Hasselborg got a little pissed, and slammed her broom on the ground. Oh, my God. People are upset. They're going bananas. (laughs) By the looks of some of the emails, Kev, you'd think she tackled someone while they were throwing a rock. (laughs) A little broom tap on the ice, everyone. Relax. We're going to talk about that. But now let's get to it. In the House is brought to you by Goldline. Goldline Curling's Impact Brooms. Maximize performance for carry, hold, and carve. Learn more at goldlinecurling.com. All right. Come on in. Rachel Homan is our guest. Hey, Rach. How are you?
2: Good. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm good. You're not as excited as I am. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. Thanks a lot for taking the time. You just knocked off your 14th Grand Slam. You knocked it out of the park this week congratulations have you curled the last couple of days or have you been relaxing
2: uh, yeah yeah, I've been out on the ice a couple of days since we've been back and um, in the gym but yeah just trying to get in some some practice before they close down for for a week at Christmas here
0: yeah God, you're a brute for punishment hey you moved <laughs> are you in Beaumont now you were up in St. Paul
2: uh, yeah I've been in Beaumont for almost three years now so you're just late to the party that's all
0: I am, yeah. So is Wikipedia. <laughs> how do you, uh, you're from Ontario, so am I. I'm, I'm, I live out in Alberta now too. How, how do you like Alberta? How are you taking to it? It's a little different speed, huh?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I love it though. It's a great province and it's it's really cool to be close to the mountains. And if you feel like going there for a long weekend, you can. And lots of opportunity out here and the people are awesome. We've, we've met a great group of friends out here and um, it's been really great
0: good and you're now uh a a three-time young mother and uh, we often talk about your curling but i found parenting very difficult you can imagine how difficult my kids found it (laughs) with me parenting them how are you managing how how old are the kids names and all that jazz and how are they doing
2: uh good good uh just like every other family they're sick every every week (laughs) with a, a different virus that daycare gets to to bring back home um But yeah, so I think those are the challenges right now, being in school and um, bringing bringing back sicknesses and juggling care and and family and figuring out how all that works. So that's been kind of the biggest challenge this fall, (laughs) Um, just uh, rotating a different kid to the doctors each week. And um, whether it's antibiotics or something, that's been definitely a challenge. I'm sure lots of families are feeling that too, so... Um, but yeah, we've had lots of support while I'm on the road and, um, whether it's friends or family or some childcare, it's, uh, we're finding a way to make it work. And it, it's really, uh, it's really a village that, uh, helps you get through it. Especially, um, I'm on the road and then sometimes my husband's away as well.
0: Right. Uh, it certainly hasn't slowed you down, uh, having kids, uh, congratulations again on a fantastic victory. Uh, talk about it for a second. How you guys did it? How the week was? And and give us a wrap on the whole thing.
2: Yeah, it was it was great. Um, I think uh, the previous slam we we came up a little bit short in the final, and um, but still felt like we were playing well. And just took a few things and brought them to practice. And uh, knew we just needed to make a few tweaks to really be able to to clinch that final. And that's kind of what we did this week. Was just kept kept moving it forward and just played that much better. Um, and the, the team was was pretty dominant all week, and really proud of everyone's efforts um, putting it in. We've got uh, Sarah's a, a new young mother as well, so we've got juggling two two little ones, um, and then obviously Tracy as well. And I mean, everyone's got lots going on, so it's uh, it's been a team effort to get to where we're at right now and be able to get back to the top of our game.
0: Good for you! Fourteen slams. Uh, you're knocking on the door of eighteen slams which Kevin has. We'll br- so we'll bring Kevin in now to, to talk to you. Go ahead. Kevin. Ray- Rachel's
1: got lots of years to catch up. That's for sure. Uh, but Rachel, I do want to talk to you about a couple of things, but thank you for coming on. Thanks for taking the time. I know it's got to be a busy time with the kids and everything before Christmas. You sort of downplayed your team's efforts this weekend. I think it was incredible. Um, one thing I really noticed is how many threes and fours you got. So in, in the quarters, you you scored against Devrano. You got uh, a three in the third, and a three in the fifth. And then, playing in the semis, uh, you were in the semis against Jones, and you got a four in the fifth to break that game ri- wide open. And then in the final, you scored a four in the third and three in seven. So that is just a ton of scoring. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on, I guess, all the positions. The Saranama, of course, they had to learn kind of different positions. Um when you got this team together, Tracy, who seems to be settling in pretty darn good at third now, but how are you managing to get all these big ends? I I don't think that's really your MO um, is just scoring a pile of points.
2: Yeah. um, It's definitely helpful to score big ends. (laughs) Sure. Right at the lineup, it's been pretty dominant and being able to put rocks exactly where you need them. If not, emma has been clutch uh, connecting at those run backs and and opening that up and a little bit like the men's game there in in the front end and being able to throw that big weight and always cleaning it up if we do get in trouble obviously tracy's uh phenomenal with with her draw weight touch game and she's been phenomenal with her hits as well so i think when people are trying to play those save shots so everyone's just playing so well that it's not saving the end and, and allowing us to get those those big ends yeah, we're just not making uh, one mistake after another, which is where you can get into trouble. But if we do make a mistake, we make a better one on the next one. And we're just playing really well right now. And I think that just leads to big ends. One or two mistakes from the other team and you make all eight and it's it's going to be a lopsided end for sure. So I think we've just been able to make really clutch shot after clutch shot. and playing at a really high level right now obviously we had a bit of a slower start to this season I wasn't able to play the first event and trying to recover quickly <laughs> if that's possible but it, it just took a while for us to get to where we wanted to be and just so happy that we we're able to to get there before Christmas and and win that slam that we wanted to we felt like we we could have won it um, the previous slam and kind of let that slip away and so we made sure to to tighten things up a little bit and, and play that much better this
1: week. Uh, well, Warren, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'll come back. I've got a couple other things I want to ask, Rachel. Sure. Go ahead.
3: Well, thanks for joining us, Rachel, and congratulations on your win. That was a big one. I've been looking at some of the numbers, and you, out of seven games this last weekend, shot 90% average, which for a skip is uh, outstanding. You're you're probably playing as good as you've ever played. Uh, I think you've won 32 games out of 36 this season. You had a bit of a slow start because uh, giving birth in August. But what has changed things here that you you guys are partic- playing so well, and particularly yourself playing exceptional? What's what's happened? Kids. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know that makes you play better, um, but I, I think last year was kind of a, a trial year for our team and trying to figure out where everyone's was going to play their best. And we tried a few things last year. And kind of came to a conclusion that we think this is our best lineup. Went with that. Obviously, communication has to be on point at this level. There's, there's no room for mistakes there. And that just takes time with new teams. Like, I think people forget that this is a, a new team. Even when you add just one player, when they're a back end player and all that communication in line and the strategy and in combining two different teams skip strategy together and getting on the same page. And it, it just takes some time, I think. And I wasn't in the house last last year. And obviously being pregnant, it's it's has its challenges with practices and things like that. So I, I think now that we're able to fully focus on what we need to do to be at the top of our game, we've been able to get there. And I think we all feel like we're in the right positions now. Um, I'm back in the house and feeling pretty confident seeing the lines and I think much like the top teams, you'll try and throw it as similar as possible. And that also takes some time. So getting to the point um, with technology and video and lasers and all kinds of stuff that we have at Curling Canada, um, we're getting really close to being able to throw it all the same. So that makes everything easier. Line calling, uh, putting the broom down, being able to trust lines that your teammates have thrown, just all that's kind of coming together and we hope to keep getting better and Keep fine-tuning those things. Obviously, we didn't play 100%, and there's some shots we want back and a few things we want to clean up again. We know that everybody will be gunning for us in the new year, and we want to be at the top of our game again come January and and February and hopefully into March.
3: Analytics and data are becoming more part of curling than they have been in the past, I think. Particularly, I know Curling Canada is doing a lot of work in this area. Do you lean on the use of analytics and data to some degree with what you're doing these days?
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For practice, um, some game stuff. Um, I think it's, it's tough in a, in a short tournament to lean on analytics and data, but we have a lot of that from over the years and trends and tendencies. Um, but yeah, it's kind of depending on, on where you're at, whether you're in a tournament or in practice and you can use the analytics differently, um, depending on the situation.
3: So you're going to be in a little different situation, kind of like Team Canada this year. You don't have to go through provincial playdowns. So you've got one event in January, and then probably the next major happening will be the Scotties at the end of February. How will you keep your team uh, as sharp as you need to during that uh, period of time where there's really nothing major to play in?
2: Yeah, obviously we're really grateful and thankful we're in our nationals and going to be preparing as best we can for that. Uh, usually you have the the long week of provincials and it, it can be grueling. It, it's it's uh, the Ontario is can be up to thirteen games with tiebreakers and all that kind of stuff. So I mean that's not always the best preparation leading into the Scotties is to to beat down your sweepers with thirteen games two weeks prior. So I, I think we're just taking the opportunity to put in the volume that we feel like we need um, to be optimally rested for the nationals. Um, I think that's one of the things that Canada has been critiqued on in the past is going through a long Scotty's um, and then two weeks later jumping on a plane to go overseas to do the same long round, round robin. And you could have injuries or or you just could be exhausted um, both mentally and physically. It's, it's a good opportunity to try and figure out what volume we kind of feel like we're best at. And we've, we've obviously had time to practice that leading into slams and going into provincials previous years, uh, going into those nationals with Team Canada. Uh, so we kind of know where we all want to be. Um, it just gives us an opportunity to be a little bit more rested going into it this time, which uh, I feel like is an advantage.
1: Yeah, well, I do want to talk to you a little bit about your front end because uh, Sarah, when I used to watch her playing, like between playing softball, where she's a beast, and <laughs> and, and, and playing other sports, like she's just a such a good athlete, right? And strong, super strong. And then Emma, of course, really good athlete, always throwing third. And I was all, we always talked about it behind the scenes going, wow, that, if Emma, well, she's never a sweeper because she always threw third for you, but she's so powerful. Well, now you've got Sarah, who used to play back end, powerful, and Emma, who used to play back end, powerful, both throwing front end. And seems to be kind of a thing that's working with a lot of really good teams. Team Anderson, you know, having four, sk- or used to be skips, but people buying into playing their position, and they've done very, very well. Um, do you see that sort of being a a pattern for the future? Picking up super good athletes, but but a lot of times you know you're competing against them, right, uh, on different teams, and then you go, oh no 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 no, no we need you on our team because of a, a certain asset, you know, building the assets. Um, is that s- kind of where this came from, or is this something that's going to be happening in curling? I guess forever now.
2: Yeah, I think um, it's a huge advantage to have four people who know the game really well, know the strategy, have that curling IQ, because you need it sweeping. You need to know where the rock needs to go, not only the distance, but how long you can wait before you can sweep, who should be sweeping it based on the line, and can you be anything on the high side here, so your inside sweeper is going to take it the whole way. There's a lot of like nuances to making shots and there's a bunch of different ways you can make that sweeping and when everybody already knows the shot already knows plan a through z you don't have to go and explain it to everybody not only is it is your game quicker but everybody knows their role and how they're going to contribute to that shot whether it be you know if it's a straight spot um, the inside sweeper is not not going to go down right away and hit it and and wreck the line. Um, there's just so many little nuances about knowing the ice map and and how you're going to sweep it and how you're going to attack the game. Um, and I think everybody <laughs> on our team is is always on the same page. And there's there's not much information missed because everyone just understands the game to that level of detail. And I think when you have a team with, with a front end who isn't as versed in, in strategy and tactics and plan b's and and how to to sweep a rock to get the best out of it depending on ice conditions there's a lot of little nuances um that go into the game and and how you make shots that it just makes it that much easier when you've got iq right up the lineup
1: the shot that I just—I keep remembering it again and again and again. That was in the second end uh, in the final when you squeaked the guard by nothing. I think it was the final. I think it was the final. Um, your out turn hit, and you hit it in the pocket. You made a beautiful little, little roll in the first, and then you had to blast. Uh, which game was that? I thought it was the final, but it may not have been. Uh, but you used your sweeper completely to get by that guard so tight to uh, to sit four, and then they end up hitting for one. I believe that was the one. I think it was the final.
2: Yeah, I squeaked the guard on my out turn in two.
1: On your first shot, and then she made a tick tick. What'd you call it, Warren? A tick tick squish tick, or something? Tick 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 squiggle. A squiggle.
2: <laughs> oh, in seven. Are you talking about seven where I I peeled the guard, clipped off the outside and rolled in?
1: Well, that was another one. No, no you uh you made a bit of a roll. This is great. I love talking curling like this. And in the second end, <laughs> we would have had the uh the salt shakers out if you and I were sitting at the same table. The, yeah. It, it, yeah, and then and then uh, Alina actually froze right on the one in the house. She went tick tick and it rent through and froze. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you came by with an absolute blister in the second end. Th- then the next end you got a million. What was it? Four. But mm-hmm. but your great shot, but you actually started that on the guard and relied on your sweeper to drag that back enough to get by the guard, which of course she did. Like that's just brilliant stuff.
2: Yeah, it was uh mostly a phenomenal sweep, less uh, a phenomenal shot, but uh, I gave credit to Emma for making that shot.
0: That a girl. See that, Kev? <laughs> she, gave, she gave kudos to the sweeper. Uh, where were you your whole life?
2: <laughs> <laughs> After the shot, I, I slid by Emma, and I just said, and nice I shot him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good. As if I wasn't even a part of it.
0: Looking ahead in our show, Rachel, we're going to look at an email from a guy who is uh, talking about the draw to the button. It's, we've had many curlers on, including yourself, who have opinions of whether the draw to the button is a way to settle, <laughs> settle standings. Most of it is for, you know, a lot of it they have to do for broadcasting so they can't have tiebreakers. However, this gentleman said, instead of draw to the button, how about a skill shot? What if you did a hit and roll to the button? What, a, what about a freeze? What about a run back? What, what do you say about that?
2: Um, and, and what implication would that have in the game?
0: Instead of doing draw to the button, you have a skill shot. To decide, hammer
2: every game, there's a different shot.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if Rachel's
3: buying into this. one. I know.
0: <laughs> I, thought, I thought this was a, know, a fantastic question.
3: I don't think anybody's going to buy into it, Jim, because among other things, it takes a lot of time and uh, the accuracy that would be required to have to practice whatever shot this oh. you're going to right. use each time would not be... Uh, it's the email you sent me, it, Hanson, I to know, talk about, so don't
0: blame me. <laughs> <laughs> this thing's going sideways. So Rachel, um. <laughs> Rachel,
1: you're not you're not a fan of a hit and roll from the side for Hammer to start the game.
2: Oh, It's fine. I, I think I can make it. Yeah, I think the draw is such that you're throwing a bunch of draws on the sheet Keening up the different draw lines so that the sheet's kind of ready to go and not like fresh everywhere. If we just threw like six hit rolls off of a specific shot, I mean, that's fine. But I think you kind of want the teams to get a feel for draw weight and get a sense for how the sheet's running because then you're going to get good shots earlier rather than if you just had to throw a bunch of peels Nobody would really know what draw weight was to start off, and you might end up getting a few lower percentages early. I don't know. Maybe not. But you might see a few more misses in the first couple ends.
0: I agree with you 100%. I agree with you 100%.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sure, Jim. I mean, I think I can make it.
2: So like, we can do it for like a fun event. Wasn't
0: the Ford Hotshots, Warren? Wasn't it? What are they, Skill Shots?
3: Ford Hotshots was a skills competition.
2: That's what it reminds me of.
3: Yeah. You'd make that one for
0: sure because you get a car.
3: Yeah, I think that's what the guy was suggesting. But, I mean... uh...
2: Like, I think you... With the Ford hotshots, like, if you got to play all of them before the game, you get a really good sense of how the sheet's running. So I I understand kind of, like, where he's going, where, like, if you threw a draw and you had to throw the hit and roll, then I think you'd have a good sense of the sheet. So they're making us draw twice, so maybe they'll make us draw once and then make us throw, like, in and off.
3: See Jim, you're
0: you're coming around. You're coming
2: around. Oh yeah, I'm all in.
0: Rachel, thanks a lot um, for being nice to me about my question.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Anytime, Jimmy.
0: Thanks, Rach. Uh, Merry Christmas and congratulations! And uh, boy, you're on an absolute heater the last couple of years with uh, with how well you're playing, and uh, you should be proud of what you're doing and proud of your team. And because uh, we're sure proud of you, and we appreciate you coming on the show. Merry Christmas.
2: Thanks. Thanks for having me. Merry Christmas, guys. Enjoy your holidays. Yeah, you yeah,
0: enjoy your kids. Merry Christmas. Thank you. See you, Briggsy. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There she goes, Rachel. Uh, and I'm, uh, you should be very pleased with me bringing you very up to date things with her. I thought she moved to uh, Beaumont a month ago. She's been there three years. She was in St. Paul, which is a town north of Edmonton, and uh, Beaumont is a town south. And she sure is managing things with three young kids. I thought she only had two. Anyway, outstanding performance by her this past week. Is there anything stopping her, Kevin? Oh, boy. Well, not,
1: not right now. No, not boy no she is so confident and on her whole team i should we shouldn't just say rachel that's yes she's fantastic she's curling 90 percent for an entire slam is is ridiculous but the team like uh, tracy is setting the ends up for her and i think tracy has a lot to do with why they're getting all these three enders and four enders and and then sarah and emma their strength on the brooms is incredible too so they've just got a really good thing going from top to bottom and and uh yeah, they're going to be tough for a while. I think
3: a big thing with them too is Emma at second. And I always looked at Emma, she was kind of a player like uh, like I was. I was a good third, but world, world-class world second. And and I look at her at second as, as being the best there is combined with the throwing and the sweeping. And I think that's making a, a huge difference to that team. And like you say, Tracy's able to come in there with a few delicate shots and, and set up the ends perfectly for, for Rachel. And I think uh, it's a pretty good combination right now, I think.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you what, some, something I find consistent with all these interviews we've done, and it's only on Inside Curling, by the way, you get the best people in the world. And Rachel, of course, is no exception. I'll, I'll tell you what, Kev, and you were kind of like that too, as all these skips, Warren, all of them, they're very low reactors when you talk to them. They're very even keeled. You know, Rachel, right? Rachel doesn't, not, not too not too high, not too low, Nick Kevin Cooey, Brad Guju, You know, uh, Jennifer Jones, even you, Kev. Like, it must be something like they got ice water in their veins, man, because they just do not get too excited or too down.
3: They don't show it. They don't show it, Jim. That's not necessarily mean that they're not pretty excited at times.
0: You know what I mean, Kev, though, right? They're all like, you guys are all steady, man. Not exactly Ben Hebert out there, you know, or Johnny Moe. Let's whip along. What's happening around the curling world is brought to you by Jackpot City. Jackpot City casino games perfectly made for you. Uh, okay, Kev, give us the big wrap on the weekend in Saskatoon.
1: Yeah, well, the WFG Masters, what a success! Um, there's so many, Jim. I, I don't know. The curling was absolutely fantastic. The finals were great. The the Holman Terenzi game, fantastic. They really did own the game early, but uh, after the deuce and six, it got pretty interesting. Once Terenzi got the deuce and six to make the score five four, then everybody's going hmm. Is this over? But uh, snap! Another three ender by uh, Team Holman. So that was kind of the name of the game, I think, for them. Um, the men's final was a was a, a beauty. It was funny, you know. You talk about analytics, Warren, and, and uh, during the timeout in the uh, in the sixth end, Team White, they talked to the coach, and the coach said, "You know, analytics says we need to steal this end." So then they tried a really tough shot, which which uh, Ross White made beautifully. He made a lot of nice shots beautifully, but and ended up in the end, Retornaz rolled out, coming around a garden, and tapping, and ended up stealing one. But it's all about the analytics. Like you know, we didn't need a force here. A force isn't going to help us. We needed a steal, and sure enough, they tied the game. And in the end, Joel uh, Retornaz made a beautiful draw in his last one and won the game. But man, it was fun to watch and and to hear the coach say, you know, we really need to steal one here to win this game. And then they stole one, so it was it's just a beautiful thing on television, and it was great. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention too is Reed Cruthers and Team Team Cruthers uh, helping with the juniors. The we always have on on the in the morning um, on the weekend, uh, little gaffers come out on the ice, little uh, local junior junior curlers, and Reed has that's been his baby for a long, long time. He keeps doing it, and it's it's a huge success. And uh, so I want to make sure you know we sent out the the. Thank you and congratulations to, to the Grand Slam of curling, but especially Reed Crothers, who has really taken this as, uh, as his thing at the Grand Slam to bring all these kids out on the ice and uh, his team. And there's a whole bunch of uh, top curlers that were out there. I don't want to start naming one or two because I'll never name them all, but there are a lot of them out there, and, uh, and that's just fantastic for the local committee and then also for junior curling in the area. The crowds were obviously very good the entire week uh, in Saskatoon, especially on the weekend. Saturday, they were shoehorning them in, selling standing room, well, all the standing room only they could. So it was, it was just a really, really big success. Schwaller-Dunstone, behind sheet B, it had to have been 12 deep, rows of people, first at tables, then on the floor, then standing on stuff, then standing on the tables, <laughs> like, trying to get higher and higher, in behind. <laughs> and it was hilarious how many cool. people were stuffed in the building. But but that was the kind of thing that went on in Saskatoon. It was it was. It was top-notch. Cool, man. Warren, thoughts?
3: Well, I guess probably a few interesting ones. We've certainly talked to this point about uh, the great performance of Team Holman, and uh, they were outstanding. I think that final game between White and Rotanos was uh, was a fabulous game, but I think the big story there, more than anything, was Ross White, young team, and, man, did they play well last week. And, you know, Bruce Mowat is sort of thought to be the flag-bearer for Scotland, but I think he's going to have... Uh, a battle on his hands with these guys, and that's not the end of it. Behind White is Bryce and Craig. Uh, they're good as well. And I think the interesting thing is all these guys are a product of guess who? <clears throat> David Murdoch. And uh, the Scottish male system for sure is really, really seeming to be well-substantiated for the years ahead. Rotanas, again, I look at that team, and I look at the White team in that final. you got eight players throwing, and it's like they're throwing out of a mold. Um, their deliveries are all... Sound perfect, particularly really good thing about both those teams is the release, very consistent manner, how they release the, s- the stone, um, solid putting every shot to the broom. Uh, just outstanding to watch. So it was a great event. And I think uh, those teams that made the final uh, four in men and women were uh, playing outstanding.
0: Yeah. A great curling game always, if it's down to the last rock, uh, you know, it makes for such high drama. Kev, be honest now. Uh, going into that final, Ross White, how big of an underdog was he? Very.
1: <laughs> he was. He was uh, eh? okay.
0: Oh yeah, because like not a chance. Well,
1: right. Thinking, well, a chance. and company they've been so good for, uh, this year and and even last year too, but this year especially just just crushing teams. You know they're just so hard to beat. They're I think they're fifty three and seven now this year for goodness sake. So it's such a high percentage. So. I didn't give them much chance, but my goodness, they curled good. And that was a big steal in six. You know, that was some great advice by the coach and, and it just, just, just about come back and win that one. So that was, that was great. Great final. You know, I do want to say something. Uh, remember we were talking about return as his hat with the trucks on it. And I thought it had something to do with his sponsor. It didn't. I, w- I I'd heard that. I was incorrect. Oh. No, it had nothing to do with it. He, he, he just saw it in the store, liked it, started wearing it. But now other people are starting to buy the same hat and wearing them in the crowd, too, <laughs> with them.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it goes back to my point. Uh, somebody uh, in, in the advertising world better grab a hold here because uh, there's lots of miles to be gained right now with Joel Rotano's and uh, whatever he's going to wear in his head, whether it says trucks or... The make of a car or, or whatever. Yeah, or if you're
0: the or if you are a major sponsor of these teams going, what yep. do I gotta do here? You yep. <laughs> yeah.
3: I don't know why it's taken this long.
0: Uh Warren, you're still on. The World Junior B was on in Finland. You've got to perform well enough to try and get to the World Junior A. It wasn't looking good, Warren, the last time you reported. It was very tenuous. How did Canada do?
3: Well, in the last show we talked about the women's side, which uh Myla Plett from Edmonton managed to get the silver medal, which qualified the women's for the World Junior A Championship next February in Finland. But the men's side was completed last Tuesday, and it was Johnston Tao of Edmonton who was skipping and throwing last rock for the Canadian World Junior B team, and he managed to win that event, defeating USA in the final 7-4. to So Tao came through, but it wasn't easy. They needed a final round victory in the last round of the round robin over Poland and a good last rock sh- draw challenge record to make the final eight. And then the real pressure, of course, was in that first game in the final eight because to ensure that Canada was going to get into the World Junior A in February, they had to finish in the final four. So they had to win a game against Sweden. Um, the Canadians defeated Sweden, but it was with the last rock uh, uh, draw to the button to uh, to take that game, and Sweden prior to that had been undefeated. I think they were 7-0. From there, Canada defeated New Zealand in the semifinal, and of course took USA in the final. So in addition to Canada, USA, and New Zealand, the fourth nation to advance is going to be Denmark, and those four nations will join China, Germany, Italy, Norway, Scotland, and Switzerland at the World Junior A-Final in February, also played in Finland. Congratulations out to Johnson Tao and his team. His third, Jaden Newark, second, Zach Davies, and the lead, Adam Nongler. And of course, they're all from Edmonton, as is Milo Platt. So both the teams going to the World Juniors this year in the A Division are from Edmonton.
0: That's our town, Kev. New Bad. Uh, very good. So there you go. Uh, that is what's happening around the curling world. You're all up to date. And uh, now we're going to move along to Hot Rock Topics. Brought to you by Coyote Tractor. If you have work to do, Coyote has the tractors, the UTVs, the ZTRs, and compact construction equipment to do it. Coyote, we dig dirt. This was our first email, Kev, but you answered it. Everyone wants to know what the truck's hat was. Oh, on. <laughs> <laughs> you're like Nostradamus, man. You're, you're reading people's minds. You've got the deal. It wasn't a sponsor. It was just a, just a hat that he grabbed. So there's your answer, Stu. Thank you for the email. Email number two. And this is from Dawson Ballard. Hey, boys, love the show. I listen to every episode on my commute to university classes every week. After hearing how well the teams did and he draws to the button, this is the question, by the way, I asked Rachel. This, yeah, this is what you did, Jim. Yeah. So anyway, you're the one who gave me the email, Hudson. Okay. Now I'm, I got buried by one of the best curlers in the world. <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> and you did actually get buried, yes. Uh,
0: anyway, he says, uh, I'll paraphrase. Instead of a draw to the button to determine the hammer, could we potentially do a hit and roll to the button, a freeze on a rock at different positions in the house, a run back, sticking a rock, freezing the rock, yada, 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 as a method to determine hammer. You could even cycle through the different shots for determining that. This sounds so good to me. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, that's from Dawson. Uh, Dawson, I think you have your answer too. Okay. Rachel, uh, I don't want to quote her, but I think it would be, no, that's a stupid idea. <laughs> Keep listening, though, Dawson. Don't go away. Send us those emails. Here's our 30. 30- well, I
3: think I think the big thing with it, Jim, among other things, it, it's complicated. And that uh, certainly the draw shot challenge, you're dealing with a limited period of time to, to get a lot to happen. And uh, they've got to practice the shot, uh, which they do in the practice sessions. And so when they finally come to doing it with what they're seeing in television, there's already been a lot of preparation, so if you start running different shots, uh, the whole practice routine is going to be changed. And the big thing that's going to happen that you don't want to have happen, it's going to get drawn out time-wise, and it's time you just don't have.
0: Yeah, and I think Rachel said you get a, you get a bit of a feel, you know, by uh, not just not just by the result, but you get a bit of a feel of... Okay, guys, email number three. Let's let's see if this will survive. <laughs> really enjoyed the podcast. I was listening to the discussion about blanking ends. And was wondering about swapping the hammer if there are two consecutive blank ends. Do you think this would help? We've, we've talked about this a lot before, but it will always be ongoing, Kevin, right? What about you lose the hammer if you're blank two in a row?
1: Yeah, well, there's, there's lots of thoughts as far as how you would you know, be penalized for having too many blanks in a row. Um, that's a hard thing to do in the sport of curling because you have even and odd ends. And it's really important to have hammer in the even ends um, as a strategy. And so you know that's that's kind of all part of it. So, you know, do we want to see four blank ends in a row? No, we don't. Um, but sometimes these blank ends are pretty interesting. Like there's a lot of rocks and play early, and then kaboom, 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 and big shots and stuff, and it's kind of fun. You don't see a lot of where a team throws it and how the other team hits it. There's not a lot of blanks like that. It's just blanks because we have great athletes now that right. uh, that can really throw it hard and and the round objects ricochet off each other, and you know, when things happen and you do get some blank ends. But if you watch, you know, Team Botcher, they, they blank a lot of ends. If you take that, the Team Botcher out of the mix, there hasn't been a lot of blank ends this right, winter right. at the Grand Slam level, but, uh, but they do blank a lot of ends. Um, and then, and, and we had Mark Kennedy on and they're not worried about that. They don't, they're not saying sorry, <laughs> you know, they're, right. they're trying to win curling games, but from a fan's point of view,
0: we like to have lots of rocks and play and skips make big shots. And, you know, obviously that's what we like to see. Right. But to this guy's point, you know, Kennedy is, Kennedy's, Kennedy's blanking ends because there's no rule there. Right. But if it ever changed, I get what he said. But
3: the, but, but probably isn't going to change much. So if you say, okay, you blank the end, you're going to lose the hammer. The next team, the other team will just do the same thing in the next end. So instead of having a bunch of blank ends, you'll have a bunch of ones. Oh, I see. Right. <laughs> so you really haven't gained much. It just, you're going to have ones instead of zeros.
1: Yeah. The, the big thing, it needs to be the entertainment industry that it is. And, and you know, the, the more exciting the games are, the more airtime you get, the more money you make so that you want to do that because it entertains more people and you sell more tickets and and
3: better sponsors. You know what I mean? It's It's entertainment. There's things that have been tried, I I go back to the original Association of Competitive Curlers and the first uh, Super League Championships that we started. We, we had a rule, it was similar to that, that if uh, you blanked an end, you lost the hammer. But the other thing that went with that is a ruck covering the pin was worth two points. Oh, yeah. So it changed things dramatically because all of a sudden, if you're getting down into a game, what people start to do, they're trying to block the path to the button right, uh, so that you can't get that too. So it, it changed things dramatically. It was a it was an idea that was actually put out there to then the Canadian Curling Association way back. And uh, again, nobody really grabbed onto it. Again, something that could be toyed with in, in maybe a, in a competition that wasn't really that important to see what happens. But it is the way it is at the moment. I don't think there's much more that can be done to improve the offense. We've had the three-rock rule, a four-rock rule, a five-rock rule, the no tech rule. And like, so what are you going to do next?
0: Well, I think one of the problems is a standard blank. Say a normal blank is you got to you got to get rid of a rock. Okay, it's sitting there, one or, or an easy double. Is it's a it's a really easy shot for the last the last stone of an end. That's what I that's what I think when I look at it. And go, this is no good. I could do this and I'm not being funny. You know, oh,
3: you think you could.
0: <laughs> well, it's a one shot. You know what I mean, though, Kev? It's like a one, one, you got to take out one hit, stone,
3: man. It's, to hit a rock and. Hit, yeah, they got to
0: fix out. it. I fix
1: don't it. think so. The, the slams have been fantastic this year. The finals have been great. We haven't had any of that. We have it, the odd game now and again, but not often. That's not the norm.
0: Yeah, but what do you know? <laughs> Okay, there we go. Uh, thanks a lot for the emails. Uh, InsideCurling at gmail.com. Drop us a line and we'll, uh, we do it each and every week. We read some emails. Uh, go to our Facebook group too if you want to check out all the topics, the ins and outs that are going on. Warren is on there all the time. So, What Are You Hearing is brought to you by Hearing Life. If vision places the world in front of us, hearing places us at its center. Hearing Life invites you to love your ears with a free hearing test, no referral needed, Visit hearinglife.ca to book your free hearing test today. Here's what we're hearing. Uh, social media this week kind of blew up a little bit. Fans were upset last weekend in Toontown when Anna Hasselberg banged her broom on the ice in frustration. Oh, my God. We better have, an, uh, better have a Senate committee hearing on this. And a number of fans think something should be done about that along with the swearing during the game. Warren, give us your thoughts. I've got some thoughts, by the way, too.
3: Well, well, I, I had to deal with this once because uh, it is quite amazing what happens in the Curling World Games, being on television and the RF mics being a big factor here. As soon as something happens of this nature, everything blows up. Their emails, the phone calls to Curling Canada, the television network, uh, explode. And, of course, this week it was on social media. And I, I like this one posting that I'll read. Broom slamming tantrum needs to be spoken to. And also the F-bombs that were flying. Penalized. Not a nice example for the young ones interested in learning more about curling. <laughs> and I think what we've got to remember is we have a, an interesting thing in curling that no other sport has. We have the players with radio frequency mics on them. And this was a big struggle back in the 80s when this was introduced because the players knew that there was going to be the odd F-bomb coming out if they were wearing a mic, and they didn't want to wear them. And it has added to the game of curling that's made it the television spectacular that it is, is the fact that though you can hear what the players are saying and thinking with the RF mics. The downside of it is the fact that yes, some things are going to slip. To some degree, the sound tech looking after those mics uh, needs to be alert and uh, needs to anticipate to some degree, be- depending upon who it is, that there might be something coming, and he will uh, mute the mic. But uh, unfortunately, it, it's going it, to it's going to happen on occasion, and uh, I guess it has to be. I think more of a, an agreement with the players and and the. Uh, the organization's involved in, in the whole thing, putting it all together to try to, to deal with it as best you can. But, you know, it's it's people are going to have frustrations. I mean, if you've been a top-level athlete, uh, I was more of a Ben Hebert than a Kevin Cooey. And uh, I can fully understand it, that people are going to have uh, frustration. Uh, my old Skip Gervais, he had the solution. And Hector, again, was one of these guys that looked calm on the ice, but if they had RF mics in, in our day, my God. But he thought the idea was to have, that there should be a rope at the end of the sheet of ice. This would be a curling club, I guess, where you pull a rope and a dummy would come down. And, and when a dummy came down, you could stand there and whale it with your broom for about two minutes, pull a rope, and the dummy would go back up into the ceiling. That's awesome. <laughs> that was his idea. So maybe we need to have a dummy. at I'm going to do that here. I'm going to do that here. You're
0: going to see a stuffed Hanson drop down in front of me right here. I'm going to bang, 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 and then they just go up. <laughs> oh, that's... Oh, that's uh, awesome! Uh, anyway, Kev, what do you say about it?
1: <laughs> well, uh, I actually, I, I, yeah, I saw uh, Anna Haselborg when she got mad. There, it was like thumper, thump, 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 thump.
0: but yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, I don't know. I like that fiery attitude. Like, you, you don't want to take that away from an athlete. My goodness, but but she didn't swear or anything. She was just kind of frustrated that she missed, and bang, 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 and then that was the end of it. So yeah, that that wasn't very much. Uh, the swearing, the players need to keep it to a minimum. Absolutely, I agree. Um, th- th- sometimes it's going to pop out because there is no dead time. Like there's no, there's no l- delay. It's it. it, it yeah, we're just delay. straight live television. So you know, if you do say something and and Andrew in the truck doesn't anticipate it, well, it's going to come out. But yep. Andrew does a heck of a job. You know, uh, a lot of the the words don't get on air because. You know, he's he's experienced and knows exactly what he's doing. Uh, he's the sound guy for Sportsnet, just really brilliant at his job. Um, but some are going to get through, and that's just the way it is. And yeah. these are la- athletes that are really, really trying to win, And and when they goof up, they're mad about it. And, you know, just make sure you don't have Ben Hebert's mic on
3: more than 10% of the time, and you'll be all right. Right, yep, right. Like, that, that's exactly what the sound tech, he's got to anticipate with something's maybe happening, <laughs> going to cheat that Benny's on, shut the mic off. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, you know what, though? I, I got a few things to say about this, okay? First of all, it almost never happens in curling, okay? It is not a regular occurrence where you see someone losing their temper or, or, or dropping F-bombs. So curling's doing just fine, okay? Curling's doing just fine. The, the, the other thing is the, the, the F-bomb has completely lost its impact. Okay, completely lost its impact. Uh, you know, I watch TV every single night, not and not just Netflix and stuff. You you watch shows on CBC and CTV. They're dropping f bombs all the time. You know, kids, kids are doing it more than anybody. You know, so I think they got to relax. I, I I don't think they need to change a thing. You're you're everyone's talking like it happens every four ends or something. Drop your f bomb and slam your broom. Okay, things will be fine. <laughs> I go into Amazon to uh, see if I can get a stuffed Warren Henson doll. <laughs> oh, would that be funny, Jimmy? Oh, would that be the best? Oh, that'd be
3: the best. I'm
1: going to
0: get, gonna get. Uh, <laughs> Maybe it's too big for my house. I'm going to get the, uh, the pin doll. I can just pin it. <laughs> oh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, There's another show uh, in the books. And I could use a new T-shirt, eh, Kev? I should tell my kids the neck board's a little down. Okay, I was just looking at myself. Everyone, I hope you enjoy your Christmas. It's uh, coming up, of course. Uh, Monday is Christmas Day, and uh, we thank all of you for being with us all year and hanging in there over the summer when we don't do shows, and we're back again. So thank thank you all very much, and thank you to our sponsors. Uh, we couldn't do it without them: Jackpot City, Coyote, Hearing Life, and Gold Line. Uh, who continue to support us and make all of this possible. Also, a uh, big thank you to Rod Paulson. Uh, Rod's been doing unbelievable work uh, on our Facebook page and our Facebook group and our social media stuff. And uh, he's, you, you're coming in droves. You're coming in droves. Uh, R- Rod's got a fantastic sense of humor. He really does. And if you look at some of his takes, uh, they're brilliant. Uh, all, especially when he takes me down. Uh, it's He's he's very funny. So thanks a lot, Rod. His company, In-House Strategies. If you need some media work, uh, he's the guy to go to. InsideCurling at gmail.com. That's InsideCurling at gmail.com. And uh, drop us a line, and we'll read your email, perhaps. Uh, Christmas break, but there's no break for us, Warren. Is that, am I reading that right? That's a misprint. You're reading
3: it right, Jim. You're reading it
0: right. Like, uh, okay, Boxing Day, we're going to do a show? You know what? <laughs> I was going to do nothing on Boxing Day, like every other day. <laughs> but inside curling's not taking a break. We'll be back next week. Uh, we're going to bring you a special show uh, with Rob Falls, uh, Kevin's broadcasting partner. Falls, he's just great, and uh, he's from Sportsnet. Ted Wyman of Post Media. We're going to do the year in review, uh, and then look ahead at twenty twenty four. So uh, stay tuned. Joel uh, Joel Retornaz is coming on too, Jimmy. Yeah, he's- you just took yes. the you just took the words right out of my mouth. Hey, he's Italian, eh? Joe Joel, Re- Joel Retornaz. And, all, and and uh, and coming on too. I, I, he's hoping to. He's hoping to. Yeah, I haven't heard back from uh, Amos
1: yet. I, I hope he will. Yes.
0: It, uh, he's probably at home crushing rocks with his bare hands. Okay, Mazaner. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Kev, I missed my workout last night. That's seven years in a row now. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see you later, Warren. Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Inside Curling. See you later, boys.
3: Thanks, Jim. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry
0: Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody.